Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Monday, the 7th of March. New severe weather warnings have been issued for flood-devastated regions across southeast Queensland and northern New South Wales. Another east coast low is on the way with the Greater Sydney region set to be smashed again by wild weather with up to 200 millimetres of rain expected to fall in some areas over the next few days. It comes as calls grow for a state of emergency to be declared in northern New South Wales. Many residents are still trapped in remote areas, unable to communicate, while a massive clean-up continues with hundreds of homes and businesses to be demolished. Lismore Mayor Steve Grieg has compared the aftermath of the deadly floods in his area to Cyclone Tracy, saying it wasn't a big flood event, it was a demolition. As we rebuild the CBD and as we rebuild the homes, we also have to rebuild our flood mitigation strategies. We've just got to get on and get the job done. We've got to cut the bureaucracy. We've got to cut the red tape. Water in the area is contaminated with food and fresh water supplies dwindling and many internet and phone services still out. Dominic Perrottet yesterday toured flood-devastated Lismore with this local resident asking the New South Wales Premier why government rescue and support services didn't arrive earlier. They could have been here, right, four days ago, landing here, putting some sort of process in place so that everybody was like, oh, OK, we feel safe. Locals say they've been abandoned, but the Premier is promising action. There's anger, and that anger, um, you know, just inspires us to make this good. While flood-devastated regions of southeast Queensland have also been hit with more wild weather, with reports of a tornado, large hail and heavy rain, a number of schools remain closed with thousands of properties still without power. To the latest in Ukraine now and another attempt for Ukrainians to flee their homes during a ceasefire has failed as Russia continued its shelling attacks even on designated humanitarian corridors. It's the second time a promised ceasefire failed to eventuate at the weekend as more sanctions were imposed on Russia. Visa, MasterCard and American Express have joined Apple Pay in suspending their operations in Russia. President Vladimir Putin warning the sanctions imposed by Western nations are akin to a declaration of war. Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky pleading for NATO to shut down airspace around his besieged country. This is your humanitarian obligation to protect us, to protect people, and you can do it. If you don't do it, if you don't provide us at least with the planes that we could defend ourselves, then we can come to the only possible conclusion. You want us to be killed slowly. Back home now and the federal government is set to today announce a $10 billion new submarine base. It's part of the AUKUS deal with Australia's new fleet of nuclear submarines with a possible site including venues like Brisbane, Newcastle and Port Kembla being considered. The subs will replace the ageing Collins-class fleet based in WA and the new facility will be the first major defence base built in Australia since the 1990s. And cricket legend Shane Warne's life will be celebrated with a state funeral in Victoria after his family accepted the offer overnight. The 52-year-old died suddenly over the weekend from a suspected heart attack while holidaying in Thailand. 
Investigations are still continuing into the exact cause of death with an autopsy now underway. Here is the latest from Thai police. He had asthma and had seen a doctor about his heart. He had experienced chest pains when he was back home in his country. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews says the state funeral expected to be held at the MCG will be an opportunity for Australians to pay tribute to Shane Warne's contribution to his sport, state and country. Let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground to Victoria and new data on emergency service response times across the state has revealed 12 lives have been lost since October last year because people were waiting too long for an ambulance. Among those victims were four children. James Lake in Melbourne explains the tragedies have finally prompted the Victorian state government to commit more than $115 million to reform emergency services. The biggest issue, Tash, hasn't been with our ambulances either, but with the call centre responsible for taking triple zero calls in Victoria. It's the government-owned Emergency Services Telecommunications Authority, which has been caught critically short-staffed throughout COVID at the same time as being overwhelmed with calls for help. In some instances, people have waited up to 16 minutes on hold after calling triple zero, even before emergency services were dispatched. The $115 million cash injection will boost training, as well as the workforce of call takers by 120 new staff. To New South Wales now and after many warnings from health professionals, the state has recorded its first case of suspected Japanese encephalitis. It's the first time the disease has been detected in humans in New South Wales after a number of positive cases in Victoria. Our reporter Tessa Rendello has the details. The person is a resident on the New South Wales-Victorian border and is currently in a stable condition but in the ICU. Several other people are now being tested and expected to be confirmed in coming days. That comes after a woman in Queensland also contracted the illness on a camping trip in the state south. Japanese encephalitis is carried by mosquitoes. It can be mild or undetected in some, but potentially serious for others. It can affect our brains with the chance of causing headaches, convulsions and reduced consciousness in some cases. So the government's warning us to be really careful around mozzies at the moment. That means trying to stay inside when they're rife at dusk and when we are outside wearing repellent and long sleeve clothing. The latest in business and finance news this morning. We're joined by Peter Switzer from the SwitzerReport.com.au. Peter, finally, some good news. Gosh, we need it at the moment. The surge in property prices is finally slowing. Yeah, well, CoreLogic specialises in monetary home price rises, and its research notes tell us with rising global uncertainty, thanks to the Russian aggression and the potential for weaker consumer sentiment as inflation rises and interest rates also start to rise. Property price increases are slowing and eventually will fall. The message from the experts is be patient. And Peter, despite a negative lead from Wall Street and the ongoing war in Ukraine, the local stock market is expected to open up today. Surprise, surprise, fears are growing of a direct conflict between Western forces and Russia after the Ukrainian city of Mariupol was bombed in violation of a ceasefire to allow civilians to escape. But yet, our stock market is tipped to open up 28 points higher, which has been driven by energy, resources and agricultural stocks, all helped by the war driving up commodity prices. And it caused plenty of controversy, this possible deal. Peter, local billionaire Mike Cannon-Brooks and Canadian investment firm Brookfield have given up trying to buy AGL Energy. 
That's right. They paired off at $5 billion and $8 billion and pushed it to $9 billion with a higher $8.25 per share takeover bid. But again, the board of AGL said no. After advice from Macquarie Capital and Goldman Sachs, the company will go ahead with its plan to demerge the group's retail and renewables arm from its coal-fired power generators later this year. Peter, thank you. Cheers. Time for sport now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, good morning, of course. We were all shocked by the sudden death of cricket legend Shane Warne over the weekend. That has dominated headlines both here and around the world. But the other big cricket story, of course, is Australia is fighting back with the bat in the first test against Pakistan. Yeah, that uh, first test in Rawalpindi going ahead amid the backdrop of that uh, tragedy. So no doubt that's on the Australian players' minds. As you said, though, fighting with the bat uh, leading into a day four this afternoon. They resumed two for 271 Trailing by 205, Usman Khawaja falling just short of a century, out for 97, uh, trying a reverse sweep. He uh, summed up his emotions after failing to raise the bat. Oh, this is disappointing. It's uh, uh, three runs, bat so well for 97, and then you get out, you don't get 100, you come back in the change room, probably feels worse than getting a 20th. Some respect. It's a bizarre feeling. So it's a batsman's paradise at the moment. Looks like that test is uh, headed for a draw. Manus Labuschagne to resume this afternoon on 69. Steve Smith unbeaten on 24. And also, Brett, today, Collingwood is counting the cost of its pre-season loss to the Giants. Yeah, they lost the match and they've lost some players to injury and potentially suspension as well. Brayden Maynard, their star defender, it was a, a nasty incident. He clipped Daniel Lloyd in a marking contest. The Giants small forward had to come off with concussion. Nathan Kruger, uh, the Magpies recruit, two of their recruits actually came off yesterday. Kruger with concussion. Pat Lipinski suffered an ankle injury. Coach Craig McRae says they'll assess the damage early this week. Yeah, it's not ideal, isn't it? This this time of year, you sort of have a great pre-season and put your best team out there and you lose a couple of soldiers you know, a couple of weeks before round one. It's not ideal. They face the Saints on a Friday night in round one who also have their own injury concerns. Hunter Clark and Jack Billings will miss at least a month of footy. And it was wild weather in many parts of the country over the weekend, especially in Sydney. Uh, Breton, the supercars were back in action and it was wet and wild. Yeah, it certainly was. Chaz Mostert, though, managed to uh, thrive in the conditions. He had a third-place finish on Saturday, and yesterday went uh, two better and uh, took out the 300k race. As you said, it was uh, very wet conditions, but he got the win, the Holden driver, and for the first time in his career, he has the championship lead after the first round. Brett, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. And the leather helmet worn by Amelia Earhart on her first trip across the Atlantic has sold for 10 times the asking price at auction. Earhart was a passenger when she wore the cap in June 1928 and became the first woman on board a flight crossing the Atlantic. The leather flight cap went to an anonymous bidder who paid around $1.1 million for the piece of history. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda. In your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning, you can also catch the latest episode on a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe and we'll see you tomorrow.